Hi, I'm co-host Lois Donkwa, and this is the 100 Alumni Voices podcast, Stories That Inspire, where we explore the personal and professional journeys of a diverse group of 100 doctoral alumni from Johns Hopkins University. Today, we're joined by Alfredo Caro, PhD in biophysics and current senior scientist at Agrospheres. Hi, Alfredo. Hi, Lois. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Yeah, well, it's a it's a sunny day in D.C., so I'm doing good as well, which is great. Um, it's almost 80, cells, uh, 80 Fahrenheit <laughs> here in Virginia. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's very hot because it's February, but we'll we'll embrace it. <laughs> So I want to start by hearing about what made you want to pursue a PhD in biophysics and just hear more about your graduate work at Hopkins. Yeah, um, I started off in physics because it runs in the family. Both of my parents are physicists. And um, I, by the end of uh, college, I wanted to get hands-on experience. I just wanted to do lab work and ask some questions. And I had the feeling that physics, all the questions in physics were either really big or really tiny and really far away in space. Um, so I wanted to, to work with something tangible and, and biology seems like a great mess to get involved in. And so I went into biophysics and then uh, and um, joined the pro- program at Hopkins. And there uh, we looked at... Um, proteins and how they respond to pressure. And we would apply, um, you know, 3000 atmospheres of pressure, this three times the pressure at the bottom of the ocean. And the questions, you know, they seem kind of eccentric, but they turns out they reveal a lot about how or how proteins behave the way they behave. That's so cool. I a thought that I had was what even is biophysics? But then you it's applying physics to biology, which that's really cool as someone that spent some time doing work, thinking about different proteins and mutations and all of that. I didn't even know you could apply pressure to <laughs> proteins. So that's really cool. Um, and I'm curious then, um, yeah, is what parts of the work that you were doing during your doctoral program kind of continue into what you do now? And how did the experiences you were doing then influence what you were excited about and what you wanted to continue? Yeah, I did not plan this at all. I really latched on to this question about pressure. And it turns out cavities and, and empty spaces within the protein have uh, play a big role. And so I just became a little obsessed with, with those voids and I carried that through, you know, my PhD and then into my postdoc and, and professorship and uh, um, just really trying to pinpoint just exactly why or how these uh, these responses are happening. And it became a little uh, um, a little niche, uh, uh, but but I really like it. I I yeah, it felt really fulfilling. 
Yeah, I understand that. I love that you mentioned that like it wasn't planned. And I think about how for myself, um, I've said many a times that the version of my life that I'm on is the version I didn't plan, but it's definitely the better one. Whether it's like the topic I'm on, me even doing a PhD, all of all of these things weren't planned, but it's like, wait, it's really fulfilling. I'm answering a lot of the questions I had and exercising muscles. I didn't even really think I had. So I love that you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so cool to think about kind of the different things that shift us and all of that. And I'm curious then kind of what work you're doing now and then how does that connect to what you were doing in your PhD and all of that? Yeah. So I, you know, with the pandemic, we all kind of had to respond and, and maybe pivot a little bit. Um, so I ended up pivoting pretty hard. I exited academia because I wasn't happy where I was and I joined an agricultural biotech. And this is a startup company here in Charlottesville, Virginia called Agrispheres. And um, we we started the their protein platform there. And, you know, my knowledge slash intuition about protein and protein conformations and I suppose function and activity and things like that um, can, can contribute to their, to their effort uh, as we try to decide which way to go with a company. Um, I don't really use the techniques I trained for I don't really use exactly the topics I am, um, you know, a, a sort of a field expert on, uh, but it all contributes to an educated answer and discussion uh, at the company. Um, and I and I see that they value that the the my my uh, workmates value that. Yeah, that's such a good point. I love how you mentioned that your experience kind of you've experienced different pieces of the options that people think about when they're in a doctoral program, which is really cool and unique. And I also love how you mentioned that it's not necessarily the specific things you were doing in your doctoral program that you're doing now, but you're able to apply them in a way that makes sense to the work you're doing. And I think that as doctoral students and candidates, it can be so easy to get caught up in, oh my gosh, what job will I do next in terms of like, I don't know if I'm well prepared for the thing or it being yeah. an overachiever, it feels like you have to do something that's perfect for you. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious what your kind of your thoughts are, your experience. Totally. Yeah. I mean, especially coming out of my career life where I was, you know, preparing these proposals and, and filling out my CV and, you know, talking and networking with uh, faculty all over the place. Um, It is, it was such a, there had to be a big change for me to actually get into the interview mindset and, and really search and and find um, good options. I would never have applied to this job if I hadn't changed my attitude about applications and interviews. I started off trying to find a job that kind of fits my profile. But then, you know, at some point, 
two, three months after that exercise, I realized that you can leave the matchmaking challenge to the HR department of wherever you're applying to, right? And then they just want to meet you or hopefully they they'll be excited by by some aspect about you and then and then you know they they can make the decision of whether or not you fit in whether you can contribute but um you know through that exercise what was valuable for me was this like confidence building exercise where you know you come to an interview i i bombed my first interview uh just majestically it was great. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't able to share my screen. So I was using my hands. It was so bad. And I really appreciate that, that experience. Cause then, you know, just warm up to, to the next one and the next one. And that I recognized that was like, Oh, I've done this a million times in academia, right? Like this is the first time I do something bomb and then let's try again. Um, and then, yeah, anyway, I kind of lost my train of thought, but I feel like I answered some of that. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's definitely about <laughs> trial and error is something that we learn in our doctoral programs, right? Whether it's you do something and you vomit or you sh- can't share screen and you panic because everyone expected slides and now it's just your face. Um, and I think that it's it's funny because that's one of those hidden skills that we also don't realize we're gaining in our doctoral program figuring out how to respond when something what like couldn't be predicted. And it's not even just about pivoting pathways, but I love how you mentioned that you had to change your mindset to apply to the role that you're in now, knowing that it didn't look exactly like what you were familiar with, but at the same time, like lack of familiarity isn't a bad thing. Yeah. And it was kind of surprising to see the interest that was, um, popping up um again this is an agricultural uh company this is a great example they are growing and they're 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 you know expanding into new fields nothing about their posting i, th- I think the, the their job posting was about uh protein biochemist fresh out of college you know um that's you know that's not me uh, necessarily but uh we got to talking and and there was excitement. And I think that that's what we're looking for when we um, try to network and interview. Yeah. And that's such a good point about, I love how you mentioned that it is not your job to make yourself fit for the role. Like sometimes it's about reminding yourself who knows what can happen. And also uh, who knows what can happen as it relates to getting a role and how it can be adapted for you. But then also, so often we can get caught up in something looking perfect, but it can be made perfect because it's adapted to you and how you are able to make a role unique. And I'm curious how you're able to make your current role unique and kind of to hear more about what you do. Yeah, so I guess I should start by saying that part of the initial transition was for me to adapt. And, you know, they talk about the academic industry, like change and whatnot, uh, none of this seemed familiar to me. Also, that that label so, sort of didn't really help explain what was going to happen. It was just m- more inward focus. You know, how do I feel good and how do I uh, feel like I'm contributing uh, best uh, in the best way? 
And, uh, and so that took some time and the company, I guess maybe because it's a startup, they were very patient and, um, and, and gave me a lot of freedom to, to sort of explore. And I'm, I'm kind of finding my, my place there now a year later, uh, over a year later and, um, um, feeling like, uh, I can, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm feeling good and comfortable and valued and, uh, curious about the questions that's where i contribute that that's where i perform the best as a scientist and uh i think that's ultimately what they want so yeah i um so a lot of my work i think about teamwork and how people function in organizations and also just me as a person i think about how whatever work i'm doing creates value and contributes to a space so i i can identify with that a lot and i think that or I'm noticing how the doctoral process, just becoming someone with some type of doctorate degree, forces you to question that both while you're in the program, but then also mm-hmm. in a different way, you are faced with that after the program as well. And I'm curious how, um, yeah, how you've navigated that and how, like, you noticed you were reminding yourself about ways to um, push yourself outside of your comfort zone in your program and how that's showing up now? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I'm not sure I have a good answer for that, but, but I can tell you that um, one of the stark contrasts for me was this idea that the way I pushed myself in, in the PhD and, and I was kind of taught, mentored through that was to just f- uh, figure it out, Right. And that can be a very lonely exercise, but uh, the end result hopefully is self-sufficiency, right? Where you can patch together scientific concepts and be resourceful, um, but fully on your own and, and evaluate it as, as a sound concept and then check with your peers. Uh, and whatnot. At least that's how I I felt about it. And now now things are very different. Um, I am not at the at the beginning and at the end of any given project, and that's a little annoying um, and unsettling because I'm used to something else. Um, so I'm I'm getting used to that. I'm I'm learning. I'm adapting. And uh, and in a way, I think all of these transitions all of these moments are great learning exercises and i think maybe ultimately that's the answer to your question as long as i'm i feel like i'm learning something new uh whether it be you know this social dynamic at work or um something specific about science um and proteins uh i get excited right as long as right continuing to be stimulated can like sometimes we don't have to ask for like the most grandio- grandiose revelation for something to be serving its purpose for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think what comes with this PhD attitude of, of being the beginning and the end of your own theses and whatnot um, is, is the, the idea of, of letting, letting go a little bit of, of that control and, and, maybe having that self-confidence, which I think is 
is important to build. And sometimes academia can forget about it. Um, and, and if, if you can build up on that confidence, you know that whatever happens next, uh, you and maybe you and your team and maybe you and your company, um, will be, we'll figure it out. You'll be okay. Um, and I think that's maybe a really important lesson that, um, I've learned recently. And I think I would have liked to have learned. Uh, or come out of the PhD feeling this idea that, um, you know, I, as an as a Hopkins alum, I'll figure it out. And I think that message somehow somewhere got lost for me. Um, it would have been. Uh, I, I think it's totally crucial to to this endeavor of finding yourself uh, the right job for to to feel right in in what you do. This idea that you have what it takes and and whatever the new setup is you'll figure it out because you're you know you made it through Hopkins so yeah that's that's really encouraging and really great advice because it can be so easy to get wrapped up in the mess of things whether it's the jumbled wires in your brain or just the circumstances themselves which can sometimes also just be very tricky to navigate um, a tricky thing to navigate that you mentioned was that the nature of your work now is different than what you've been familiar with in the past, where you're in the middle of a lot of projects and efforts that you're doing, which means you're juggling a lot of balls and it takes a lot of different types of mental energy. And yeah, I'm curious how you navigate that and kind of what surprises you about the job that you're doing now. Honestly, I guess my answer was going to Listen, if you can juggle being a parent and having a science job, I think like what else can there be, right? Like you're, or I, at least I feel, and, and a shout out to to um, uh, the parents out there, but I feel like the schedule is, is, is you know, um, what we pray to every morning. And, uh, and if we can handle that, you know, uh, a surprise thing at work, we can probably manage too. Um, and if we can't, I think for, for on my, I'll, I'll speak for myself. If I if I run into some challenge that I feel is overwhelming or really disrupting of, I guess the schedule, but like of my regular day to day and everything that matters to me, then that's a different kind of flag, right? And then maybe it may be time to think of an alternative. Um, the beauty, the, the beauty of, uh, of the biomedical field is that it is so active and there are so many companies looking for talent. And, um, you know, uh, I, I feel confident today that if I had to go engage uh, people around um the field, I think also I have a network of friends who, who could help. I feel like I would be, I would land on my feet. And then at that point you keep, you keep trying until the fit is good. Um, I, I, again, I feel like I just got, um, lucky, but, but, um, 
I'm thankful for the company um, and and my and our relate and my relationship to it. Um, they make room for for uh, managing a lot of stuff that's happening. Okay, and then on the on the company side, sorry, um, you got me going. On the company side, I've found that it's actually pretty relaxed compared to the PhD in terms of like deadlines and things like that. And I would again emphasize that if you're doing a PhD, um, these things, these challenges may seem familiar or even sometimes easier, manageable at least. How about that? Yeah, I understand that. It's right. It's about making sure that your the different pieces in your situation are good for you, even though they may not be good for everyone else. And I I just have I have two more questions for you, if that's okay. Of course. And um you mentioned that um you mentioned kind of your network of friends. And I'm curious about the role of community in what's got or community, your community, whatever that means to you, how that's helped support you to get you to the moment that you're in now. Yeah, that's that's a great question. And I have lots of thoughts and feelings about that. Um I think there are, there are components, to, uh, two big components to it. One is sort of this, you know, networking and getting getting connected, and that you know feels more like a LinkedIn thing, or um, you know, you can quickly email through, and and that's enough. And maybe you got that interview, or maybe you got that conversation going. Uh, but also important is sort of the support network um, aspect of the network. And so um, I'm really thankful that I came out of the academic experience having preserved connections with with, uh, people who are now faculty, most of them, uh, if they're not in in awesome companies uh, up in Boston, mostly. (laughs) Um, And and they're inspiring, right? But they they're also there to um to listen and to support. And they may not be familiar with your my exact situation and whatnot, but they're there today and they'll be there tomorrow and the next day. And so um I get to reach out to them and kind of if 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 I'm having a hard day or hard week, kind of clench my teeth and and see that through, and then on the other side, um, come out and and uh, and re-energized, ready to to face down the challenge. And you know, at the end of the day, the challenge is yours, and this self confidence exercise will let you realize that you got the tools you need. I have the tools I need to to face it down. Um, I don't need um, someone to hand me a job or fix the problem for me, but rather to just be there um, to to support throughout. Yeah, I love that. Just remembering that your community can serve a lot of different purposes. Sometimes it's someone you can listen to. Someone sometimes there's someone. Or there are people that can refer you to something or expose you to something you didn't know about. So I've been um, encouraged by a lot of the things that you've talked about today. And I'm curious, 
what inspires you right now? Yeah, um, I thought about this question a lot because I knew it was uh, it was part of the the interview process. Um, I think I think uh, I get really inspired um, by watching people um, be themselves and. And I want to just support that and have that succeed in 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 the, in the environment and how and in whatever ways I can. Um, I think the concept of mentorship, which has been is is a hot topic of debate now in the sciences, deserves uh, the attention and. I think an important part of that mentorship, especially for a PhD uh, type process, is to help the individual flourish as themselves, right? Um, so I get inspired when I see people just be their weird self and and kick ass. Sorry, <laughs> language. Um, and... And do some awesome science because that's what I'm into. But but also just, you know, be a, an awesome community member, family person, co-worker, uh, bring in that energy. And I get inspired by that. Even today at work, when I go to work, um, I like seeing uh, people bring their, their uniqueness, right, um, uh, to, to the room. And um, when they, when you see them feel good, when I see them feel good, I, I, yeah, we play off of that, each other in that way. And I think it serves a big, bigger purpose as well. Oh, I love that. Be, be your weird self. And with that, it helps form community. That's a great place to end. And Alfredo, I'm so grateful for your words, your time. And yeah, thanks for joining today. Thank you, Louis, for all the great questions.